Chapter 3 Emir in the land of the gods, million feeler, wisest frog, and sky maker. When Emir awakened, he could hardly believe what he saw. The gods were everywhere. There were people gods and animal gods and plant and insect and bird gods. And they were all working hard, making worlds. Emir just stood staring as he watched a beautiful green-silver insect god with gossamer wings who was making the loveliest, smallest insect world imaginable. The insect god had so many tiny feet or feelers that Emir could hardly keep track of them. At first he didn't know what to say and it occurred to him that this god was after all a bug. He could stamp on it, if he wanted to, Emir thought. Not that he would, but he could. There, right before his eyes, was the newly formed insect world. It was so tiny that Emir got down on his hands and knees to see it clearly, and even then he had to squint and put his brown eyes as close to the ground as possible. He saw silver sparkling cobwebs, just right for baby insects to sleep on, and tender tips of grass, just right for insects to climb. But suddenly Emir blinked and almost stopped thinking, because the oddest thing was happening. The small grass blades were so tall that he couldn't see the tops of them. They were high as trees. At the same time, the sweetest smell of grass and dirt and rain almost made him dizzy. The odor was far sweeter than his mother's finest perfume, and it seemed to come from everywhere at once. But besides this, the insect's world was somehow huge now, and Emir realized that something quite impossible had happened, because now... He was smaller than the insect god, who now stood beside him, giant-sized, all green, and sparkling, and smiling. Welcome to our world, the insect god said. Did I get smaller, or did you get bigger? Emir asked, astonished and a bit frightened. You got smaller. You couldn't enter my world otherwise. You forget that I'm a god, the insect god said. Size doesn't have anything to do with godliness, you know. It, it doesn't? The idea was so interesting that Emir almost forgot how small he was. I thought that the rule was the bigger the better, if you'll forgive me, he said. I will forgive you, but you really should know better, the insect god said. My name is Million Feeler, because I'm god of all the insects with feelers, which are like arms and legs to you, only much more satisfactory. What's your name? My name? I, I thought the gods knew everything, Emir began. But Million Feeler said somewhat irritably, 
I'm an insect god and I have enough trouble keeping track of the names of all my insects without worrying about little boys' names. So I'll think I'll just call you boy without a name. Oh, oh no, Emir cried. My name is Emir and if you don't mind, I'd like to be my own size again. Only... Only what? asked Million Feeler. Well, I uh, have a question, Emir said. I know that the earth was new, but I didn't realize that it wasn't finished yet. It can't be if you're still making insect worlds. That's true, Million Feeler said. Well, are the people done or the animals? Emir asked. Million feelers started chuckling so that his countless feelers went whirling through the air so gracefully and quickly that Emir could hardly see them. Million feelers' gossamer wings trembled and quivered and his green and silver body shook all over. Well, answer me, Emir said impatiently. I'm sorry, indeed I am, Million feelers said when he finally stopped laughing. The world is constantly being made and the insect world has to fit into the animal world and the people world and all the others so that everything works well overall. You should understand such things. But Emir wasn't used to being lectured but to by anyone, much less by an insect, even if it was a god. So he whispered under his breath, that's buggy. What am I doing listening to a bug? I will never learn anything this way. And he felt like crying. At the next moment, Million Feeler was gone. Emir found himself, still tiny, sitting on a lily pad next to a, to a gigantic frog who was croaking in the deepest, richest tones and staring at him. Emir didn't know how he knew what the frog was saying, but he did. And each time the frog croaked, the lily pad shook and trembled, so that Emir was afraid he might fall off. He tried to stand upright and not look frightened. You're in the wrong place, the frog god said. You're too small to be a frog or toad, but you obviously aren't an insect either. Very odd. Odd? Emir cried loudly. I I'm not odd at all. Then he said in a smaller, nicer voice. I'm just confused. Because the frog god was ever so much bigger than he was. Besides... The frog got wore sunglasses, and the reflections from them shone right in Emir's eyes. He shielded them and said politely enough, If you are a god too, and I suppose you are, could you give me some help, please? 
what's the difficulty? The frog god asked. As he spoke, he moved just a little, and the lily pad trembled so much that Emir almost lost his footing. It was only then that he saw the book that was in the frog god's left hand. I am really a boy, Emir said. The insect god made me tiny, and I don't know how to be big again. And please, show me your book. I didn't know frogs could read. You do have a problem, the frog god said. The answer probably lies in this book somewhere. Emir was so excited and hopeful that he jumped right over to sit beside the frog god and look at the book. And he frowned, because in his world, books hadn't been invented yet. And besides that, he couldn't read. Please, tell me about the book, he said. This is the frog's magical book of the universe, and I'm the god of all grandfather frogs called Wisest Frog. That's how it is that I can read. The book tells everything that's known in the whole universe. So, you must be in it someplace. What species did you say you were? Emir wasn't sure what the word species meant, but he knew that he was a little boy, so he said so. Boy, yes, I know that, Wisest Frog muttered. Now, what world are you from? What time period? And what's your address? I have to know all that information. Oh, Emir cried, I don't know the answers to those questions, and I used to think that God knew everything. I know everything about frogs, wisest frog said irritably. All the frogs come to me when they are in trouble. In fact, they really don't even have to come to me. I know at once if anything is wrong. Are you sure you don't know what time period you're from? Emir shook his head sadly. I just know my world is new, but I don't know about time. We don't have seasons yet. Oh dear me, wisest frog answered. You're apt to have some problems in your world then. Seasons are important so that all living things have room to grow. Really, you should find your own god. I'm amazed that you didn't do that first of all. Emir was so upset that he stamped his foot so that he, the bells on his red slippers jingled and the lily pad trembled. He was afraid that he'd fall off into the water, but he didn't. I thought that there was one big god over everything and everyone, he said when he regained his footing. Well, there is, wisest frog said, looking over his glass rims at Emir. There is, but everything has its own god too, just to make things easier. I don't believe that the insect god made you small, though. But he did, Emir shouted. You really shouldn't contradict a god of any kind, wisest frog chided. Well, um, I certainly thought that he did, Emir said. He made me small so I could see his world, but 
I stayed small. You must have had some thought that was small or beneath you, wisest frog mused wisely. When you act or think small, you get small. Insects are tiny but very big natured. You didn't by, by any chance call them buggy or anything like that, did you? Ooh, not out loud, Emir said, shamefaced. He tried to recall his thoughts. Once I thought that the insect god was a bug and I could step on him. Though I wouldn't, of course. And uh, once I got angry and thought that Million Feeler was uh, buggy, Emir paused and paused and added, but I, I didn't say any of that out loud. It doesn't matter, wisest frog answered. You knew that the thoughts were beneath you and you felt small. And here in the land of the gods, everything is so creative that your thoughts may give results. You don't expect at all. But you really have no problem. Just think yourself bigger. Go ahead. Think a big thought. I don't think I can. Emir said sadly. I've had such a confusing time that I can hardly think at all. He frowned and said anxiously. I'm supposed to thank the gods for my father's lovely kingdom. Then I'm to ask their advice about some very serious problems. Oh, you're welcome. Vices Frog smiled and adjusted his sunglasses. For what? Emir asked. I mean, why did you say that I was welcome? Well, I said you're welcome because you came here to thank me for all the frogs in your father's kingdom. Though, if I remember correctly, the frogs there are complaining that conditions are a trifle crowded. Why didn't you say in the beginning that you came here to thank the gods? Did you tell Million Feeler thanks for all his insects? Emir was quite confused. Uh, not exactly, he said. Well, if it weren't for Million Feeler, your father's kingdom would have no insects at all. And if it weren't for me, it would have no frog. So of course your land wouldn't be nearly as lovely or lively. Oh, Emir said. Oh, because he was embarrassed and didn't know what else to say. Then he remembered his manners and said, Well, uh, if that's the case, I certainly do thank you. Our kingdom does have the greatest frogs. I've seen them on lily pads, just like yours. And one frog actually helped me invent the umbrella. Ah, that was a very big thing to say, said wisest frog, grinning. And all of a sudden, Emir sprang up to full size. For a minute, he just stood there, trying to get his balance. For one thing, he was wet, up to his knees, standing in the water. For another thing, he tipped over the lily pad. Wisest frog wisely jumped off and headed for a nearby rock. And for a third thing, Emir's little red slippers 
startled the fish who went swimming away as fast as they could. I'd like to come back someday and read that book when I learn how, Emir shouted to Wisest Frog. But Wisest Frog was turning the pages so rapidly that he never looked up, and Emir was so tired that he didn't care. He slushed through the water to the bank of the pond, crawled up to the green grass, took off his red slippers and stockings and put them beside him to dry. He was going to take off his gold jacket too, but he lay down just for a minute. And again, in the next minute, he was fast asleep. It was a night when Emir woke up. At least he thought that it must be night, because the sky was velvet black and the stars were so big and twinkly that they looked newer than new. Emir put his stockings and slippers back on by the light of the moon, which was so round and perfect and golden that he kept staring at it. The night seemed full of activity. As Emir listened, he realized that the night was very noisy indeed. He was sure that he heard something that sounded like a hammer going bang, bang, bang. And though paint hadn't been invented yet either, Emir knew it when he smelled it. He smelled paint. He stood up, looked all about him. Then he studied the sky again. The stars were so close, or they seemed so close, that they weren't twinkling right. Emir stared and stared. One star was twinkling out of time with the others. Without even thinking what he was doing, Emir put his hand out toward, to the, out toward the star to straighten it. Don't touch that star, a voice shouted. It isn't working just right yet. Please, do get out of the way. Emir stopped. He stopped so fast that he nearly fell backwards. And as Emir stepped back in alarm, an even stranger thing happened. The whole night sky, stars and moon and all, moved aside. Emir saw that the entire sky was something like a gigantic painting, only so large that it looked real. It is real, or it will be, shortly, said the same voice. I can read your thoughts, you know. At first Emir couldn't see who was talking. Then he saw a giant red stool, and on top of it sat a giant man who wore a barret and neck scarf and trousers of many colors. His hair was blue-black, so was his beard, and his face was the color of blue sky, and in his hand was a brush, giant-sized, of course, and an artist palette that was at least at least as large as a table. I am painting a skyscape, the giant said. He laughed. And before Emir knew what was happening, the giant's hand came down and picked him up. Emir started shaking. He felt so dizzy. The huge night sky, that looked like the real night sky, was shoved aside. There was a gap between where it ended and another daytime sky with a bright sun 
that hurt Emilia's eyes. He and the giant sat on the stool between the two skies, and the skies reached almost as high and far as Emir could see. He blinked. He thought he could just make out another giant on another stool who was painting the daytime sky and spilling brilliant blue paint that fell in streaks to the ground. And Emir got even dizzier. Are you an apprentice? the giant asked. What's that? Emir asked, gasping. That's someone who wants to learn. I want to learn, all right, Emir said. He was sitting on the giant's gigantic knees. I wish you'd hold your legs more quietly, he said. I'm afraid that I'll fall off. And would you please tell me who or what you are? My name is Skymaker. I'm a god and a master artist to boot. Skymaker smiled, showing snow-white teeth that clenched a paintbrush. Emir stared, waiting for the brush to drop when Skymaker opened his mouth. But it didn't. At the same time, Emir heard, heard the loudest thundering noise that he'd ever heard in his life. The ground below him shook so that he was afraid that the stool would fall over. He looked down. A hunk of grass moved. Then another. Watching Emir, Skymaker laughed. Then Emir saw that Skymaker had nudged the grass aside with one gi giant foot. That's just sample grass for beginning artists to copy, Skymaker said. Oh, Emir answered as if he understood. But he wasn't sure he understood at all. Sample grass, he thought. But before he could figure it out, he almost fell off the stool, the stool in fright, as two terrifying events happened at once. The awful thundering sounds came again, and as they did, Emir saw that the grass clumps weren't really attached to the ground at all. In fact, there was no ground. Instead, Underneath the grass clumps, there was a huge hardwood floor that stretched for miles, for more miles than Emir had ever traveled in any of his journeys. And the noise was the sound of thundering footsteps, and they were coming closer. Emir cried out in astonishment. Everything that he could see was part of the art studio of the gods. Time for coffee break, Skymaker shouted. And before Emir could ask what coffee was, ten giant men and ten giant women came into sight. Emir was very glad that he was on the stool with Skymaker, because the gods were so tall that if he'd been on the floor, he never would have seen their faces at all. These are my fellow earth gods, Skymaker said, and Emir just nodded. He never knew that people or gods could be so handsome or wise-looking or, well, godly. The earth gods came strolling closer, all laughing heartily and chatting, and Emir just sat there beside Skymaker, 
mouth open, unable to say a thing. See, we have a visitor, Skymaker said. Ah, said one of the guards. Ah, said another one who was standing close by. Emir ducked, afraid that the god's breath might just sweep him off the stool onto the floor. How lovely, a lady god said. She had silver blonde hair and a perfectly round face and her dark eyes had so many lights in them that Emir blinked. You look familiar, Emir said. Though I don't know why. Well, I hope I look familiar. I certainly should, she said. Laughing, she turned her head to the right so that Emir saw her only her profile. Why, you're the moon goddess, Emir shouted excitedly. Your face looks like the full moon, and then when you turn your head, it looks like a half moon. <laughs> Emir broke off because the other, uh, other earth deities began introducing themselves. There was a god or goddess of wind, rain, lightning, thunder, clouds, stars, sun, and of course, the moon goddess. And they all more or less worked on the sky maker. And then there is a god of landscapes who supervises the making of grass, trees, mountains and so forth, Skymaker said. Emir nodded. He remembered to be very polite when he met the gods, but he was also, understandably, quite excited. He got so flustered when everyone gathered around that he backed up too far and almost lost his footing. Don't brush up against that sky, it isn't dry yet, Skymaker shouted, but it was too late. Emir got so upset at Skymaker's booming voice that he stumbled, turned too quickly and brushed his arm against the very low, lowest part of the painting where the horizon touched the ground. Oh, I'm sorry, Emir cried. Did I ruin anything? No, I can touch up the painting, Skymaker said. But I'm afraid that you're going to carry a bit of sky around on your arm for the rest of your life. Emir looked down. There, on his bare arm, was a patch of bright blue, a good two inches long and an inch wide. But you can wipe it off, can't you? Emir asked. Or hasn't paint remover been, been invented yet? Skymaker shook his, shook his head ruefully. Nothing will remove sky, he said. I use living paint. That's a patch of real sky on your arm. Small, it's true, but most likely it will develop its own tiny moon and stars. It's like a living tattoo. You'll just have to get used to being a boy with a patch of sky on his arm. Emir just stared. First at his arm, then at Skymaker. You mean that all those huge paintings of skies will come alive? Of course, Skymaker said. We don't just paint skies. That's only the beginning. We give them life. That's why we're gods as well as master artists. 
The stars will really twinkle, the planets revolve around the suns. And of course, finally people and other creatures will come alive on the planets. Will all that happen on my arm as well? Emir asked, truly alarmed. Hardly, Skymaker replied. The conditions wouldn't be right, particularly for creatures. But the sky itself will be quite real. But why did you come here? You have a problem, I suppose. The other gods and goddesses waved goodbye and went back to work. But Skymaker said, You'd better tell me what's bothering you. I have time to listen now, but later I'm going to be very busy. Well... I have a very big problem, Emir said. We have a terrific kingdom with people and creatures and plants and, well, just about everything. That's a problem? <laughs> Skymaker asked, laughing. Emir blushed. Well, it, it's too much of a good thing, he said. My father says that if the situation goes on, we won't have any room left. Creatures and people and plants keep coming and coming and we're getting so crowded that everyone is getting worried. We don't know what to do. Hmm. I could make your sky bigger, but that would only help out the birds and treetops, Skymaker said. Or maybe you could give people wings and they could fly and there'd be more room on the ground? Emir said. No, Skymaker said. We tried something like that once before and it didn't work at all. Oh, Emir sighed with disappointment. He thought giving people wings was a great idea. Skymaker thought and thought. Finally, he said, Of course, the landscape gods and creature gods could stop making plants and creatures for you. There'd be no more new birds or fish or people, not even one more insect. No new flowers or alligators either? Emir asked. None at all, Skymaker said. I'm afraid that only the god of all life can solve your problem. Well, that would be fine, Emir cried happily. When can I see him? Skymaker smiled for a minute. But then his sky-blue face darkened sadly. Mah, it isn't that easy, he said. First, though, the god of all life isn't a he or a she or a person or a creature. So that's very difficult to explain. Besides, it's possible that you won't meet that god at all. But doesn't the god have a name? Emir asked. Ah, it's the god one in many. Skymaker said. Remember I told you that shortly I'd be very busy? Well, we're having a gods convention and I have to prepare for it. One in many has been invited, but no one knows whether he'll make it or not. And if he does, well, to be honest, the gods themselves will have a million questions. I doubt that the god one in many will have time for a small boy. But I promised my father that I'd get an answer, Emir cried. Please, can't I stay for the gods' convention? 
I won't get in the way, and I'll be very quiet, just on the chance that one in many might come and might listen to me. Emir didn't want to be a crybaby, but he could feel tears gathering in his eyes. He reminded himself that he was a prince and shouldn't beg for anything. As it was, he didn't have to. Skymaker felt so sorry for Emir that he told him he could stay. Emir was overjoyed. Later, though, the gods were very busy and no one paid him any attention at all. And Emir thought sadly that his chances of seeing the god one in many were very small indeed. Just the same, he resolved to watch and listen and to stay awake and not get sleepy. So much depended on what happened at the gods' convention that Emir was almost sick with anticipation. And though he promised to be quiet and stay out of the way, he knew he'd do almost anything at all to get the top gods' attention. And suppose one in many didn't come to the convention. Emir tried not to think about that. Instead, he took out his mental notebook, wrote down the names of the earth gods and tried to forget how worried he was.